Buck Show. It's uncut. It's unfiltered. This is the show of shows. This is the biggest names in drag racing. No holds barred. Speaking his mind. I've never had a problem expressing my opinions, but what we're doing here is bigger than that. These are conversations that need to be had in an unfiltered way. Exploring hot topics. Drag racing's all I've ever done. It's all I care to do. And spreading the gospel of drag racing. I respect the history. I appreciate how far we've come, but I want more for this sport, and I'll fight for it. This is the great American motorsport, drag racing. The West Buck Show starts in three, two, one. Hey gang, Wes Buck here, Drag Illustrated Magazine, checking in. It is Wednesday, November 9th, 2022. Mike, I guess I forgot to make you go away Sorry, on this man. particular introduction screen, but I guess since it's just the two of us... Such an honor so to be be here on right? the introduction. Wow, I, right? I'm yeah, glad, I, I'm man, glad man, I was we, ready. I'm glad I we was could ready. Talk. <laughs> you didn't warn me. <laughs> no, I didn't warn you whatsoever, man. Uh, thanks for being here, dude. Um, what's going on uh, out there in the drag racing world? We have a really fantastic show lineup for you guys, as is well documented at this point in time. Last week, right here on the West Buck Show, we announced the fourth running of the Drag Illustrated World Series of Pro Mod, the 100,000 to win invite-only Pro Mod shootout going on March 3rd, 4th, and 5th, 2023 at Bradenton Motorsports Park, the house that Victor Alvarez built down there in Florida. Man, uh, it, it has been a wide-open seven-day stretch here. I the, the amount of phone calls, text messages, and everything that has gone on since last Wednesday afternoon, I don't even know that I can put it into words. But but if I had to sum it up with one, Mike, it'd be gratitude, like just the reaction and the response to this deal. I'm curious. Uh, we got a lot to cover here in about 20 minutes. We're going to be joined by PRI, Performance Racing Industry President, and who, someone who I think is the captain of industry in, a, in our space, uh, a guy who's a real difference maker, the one, the only Dr. Jamie Myers going to join us. Uh, ambassador of the year ambassador of the year man last year and i think he's uh perhaps nobody better fits that role uh, of an ambassador for the motorsports industry than than jamie meyer he's done an incredible job in my opinion uh leading the the charge for the performance racing industry we're only about a month away which is hard to remind me of that oh my goodness man i just so you know i got a bunch of shipping notifications today so i think we're going to be in good shape bro yeah i think uh we're we're keeping the shipping companies in business here as is the whole automotive industry around this time of year everything goes crazy i swear but especially in media we know this as soon as the season starts to wind down our season is just ramping up this the off season the winter months uh with the trade shows are where i gotta tell you man like this is my favorite part of the season like as much as i love the racing season and like being in the heat of battle and the throes of those summer months and i i appreciate them for what they are but this is a time of year when i think people are you know coming to terms with whatever they've accomplished this season and the mood is just changing there's a little bit you you start to get excited about what's to come it's you start to get a little bit up in your feels about what could happen over the off season or the promise of the future and i think that that's one of my favorite things about the drag racing community don't get me wrong there's there's a there's some doom and gloomers out there, but this does seem to be like an internally eternally optimistic group of people. Like we may have shaken the tires, we we shook the tires on this run, but by God, next time she's going to go down. I mean, yeah, it's just a group of people, yeah, that are excited, that, and this is that time of year that everybody starts mm-hmm. to talk about what could be, what, what might next happen, year, sponsor hunting, 
new yeah, we want renderings uh new <laughs> new wraps graphics um silly season like the yeah. crew chief Press carousel releases. will begin to spin this fall and later this fall and in the winter and where everybody's proposals. gonna yeah. God, it's exciting <laughs> every, yeah if you're if you work in media or production or design it's uh, everyone needs something right now which we're, we're appreciative of that and it's what we're here for now it's a it's a fantastic time of year that's perhaps my favorite thing about the trade show season be it SEMA, the, the pri show mpmc another one coming on uh going on later in the year uh, or i guess right after the first of the year it's just a unique opportunity to get all these people together and talk and and share ideas and 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 discuss everything that's going on in the racing industry without the pressures of racing because and if party. you've been around this and yeah and party. party yeah and party but if you've been around this deal uh for very long you know that the racetrack is a tough place to communicate like you can see tons of people but it takes some really concentrated focused effort to have meaningful conversations at the racetrack right i mean you've got you know, the guys calling you to the lanes over here and the motors blown up over there and our, our parts here, we overnighted something. I mean, there's so many things going on at the racetrack that I think that that's the, that's the most exciting part, in my opinion, of the off season and these trade show events and everything that get this group of people together, but we don't have to worry about the next round of qualifying, man. So I'm excited, genuinely excited to hear what Dr. Jamie Meyer has to say. Uh, we had a massive midterm election last night in the RPM Act and, and friends of car culture, friends of the motorsports space uh, were put to the test last night. And I'm excited to hear what Dr. Jamie Meyer has to say, what his prospectus is, what he, you know, his outlook on the future. Very exciting times. We're also going to hear good from timing to have him. Good timing right? to have him How did that on. right after out? SEMA. As we're heading into PRI the night after the election, I'm looking forward to getting his thoughts on all that stuff. Myself as well. We will also follow up Dr. Jamie Meyer with Melanie Salemi, who uh, accepted her invitation to the World Series of ProMod on Monday. Huge moment for the World Series of ProMod. She's somebody that has been on our radar for a long time, and she really shines in these independent promotions these big money races she had a yep, tremendous yeah, track several. record of success won several of them and so some at bradenton to too yes she's some yeah. at bradenton she's yeah. got to be she's got to be a favorite in my opinion she's got to be at the top of the list right now with the way after the first of the year, year i think i think that we will do some odds making perhaps on who but i i can't argue man i think yep. that she has to be considered a favorite hell they're testing right now today so she got the call and all right, all right, hold on. I got to call John. We got to go testing. Boom, load up and start and went testing. I Dropping the bomb on that yeah. bad boy uh, or, or girl uh, there in Galat at Galat, at Galat Motorsports oh, Park in, in, in the Carolinas. So we've got Melanie that's going to check in with us here a little bit later. And then I, I want to spend some time on this. And I hope Ryan gives us a little bit of leeway here that we can talk shop because, man, I don't know that I have ever seen in all the years that we've been covering the sport of drag racing, I don't know that I've ever seen the universal fanfare, the universal support of an event, the way that I saw it this past weekend for Mike Hill, Mike the Hitman Hills, year-end finale there at South Georgia Motorsports Park. Yeah, been on the cover of Drag Illustrated on a couple of occasions. Uh, a longtime friend of ours here at the magazine and a guy that I just believe in endlessly. And to see... I mean, man, racers, this could be a tough bunch of people to make happy and to see the universal, like I said, the outpouring of support and admiration for that event, no complaints, people 
just rave reviews. I'm really excited to talk to to Ryan McCain. Uh, the cars that he tune on uh, tunes on ended up in the winner's circle on Saturday night. Huge event, fifty thousand to win. Uh, I think this is a fun thing to talk about because drag racing can be problematic at times, right? But all these different sanctions and series and classes and whatnot. But this for, for the hardcores out there, this four point eight four zero bore space. Uh, shootout deal that is kind of, I don't know, taken over the drag racing world by storm. I mean, I've been hearing for the 4840. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, in the Midwest, you say 4840. Yeah. But it's oh, a different, well, it's, it's like barbecue. Is, yeah. It changes. You we'll know, ask Ryan. Parts we'll ask country. Ryan. I'm sure he's going to say 4840. Well, I mean, and for those that don't know, the, the, the bore space on a big block Chevy is 4840. And this has become kind of, you know, very similar to the way radial tire racing emerged and became popular. What, what is it that everybody said about radial tires? I don't know. It, it's the great it equalizer. Be. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Everybody said, well, the tire is the determining factor. Right. And I always thought that was an interesting well, thing. We're because always looking for those limiting factors. We Isn't are it crazy how we're and, and the things that become the hot thing like this 4840 deal is is the new limiting factor. So now the limiting factor is the bore space here. What it tells and, and me is that drag racers like need a limiting factor. We need something to run up against because if you look historically at the sport of drag racing, where there has not been a boundary, when there has not been an edge of the cliff, pro extreme, ADRL pro extreme, PDRH pro extreme comes to mind. It, it, it kind of like snuffs itself out, right? I mean, it, it's just racers cannot help themselves. And over the course of time, they will find the edge of that aforementioned cliff and jump off the son of a gun. Yeah, you gotta and, have you gotta have lanes, you gotta have walls, you gotta have rules because without it, it's the the candle burns too fast and the deal's over before you can blink. We've seen it on yep. a multitude of occasions, and I think that whenever we watched, like I said about radial tire racing, for the longest time it was. I mean, and before we went to radials, it was ten five Ws, and the tires the limiting factor. The tires the limiting factor. But the track got so good. The tires got so good. You've got Mickey Thompson putting engineers on the task of making this tire better. And we go from, I mean, I remember the first time I was introduced to radial tires. It was the BF Goodwrench drag radial. And it's still, in my opinion, still to this day, as far as tread pattern go, tread patterns go. And I'm not sure if I'm the only human being in the world that like calls tread pattern sexy but that was one of the best looking tires ever oh, really yeah. good looking tire um but i mean if you think about how far radial racing has come from that bfg drag radial to the pro radial that we're on today i mean it is like earth and mars i mean these are apples and oranges we've come so far and you're right we have to have those limiting things something that keeps people between these two buoys so to speak and i think this 4840 bore space deal has really i remember talking to jr gray um who has really made a name for himself previously in the grudge world but most recently uh also in radio versus the world competition but most recently in the NHRA, the Fuel Tech NHRA Pro Modified Drag Racing Series presented by JNA Service in the and D Wagon, excuse me, um, made a real name for himself over the course of the, the last season or two, I guess. And he told me in Gainesville, we were in the hotel lobby, you know, shooting the breeze. And he said, man, the hottest thing going in the grudge game right now, maybe the hottest thing going in, in my world is this 4840 deal. And he kind of explained that. It is. It's that limiting factor. The engines can only get so big. And there's just 
it's at a point where it could really become something exciting. It's already become something exciting. And there's a lot of them out there. There's yes, a lot of those engines the out key. there that have been kind of discarded to other classes or, you know, cause everything keeps evolving, keeps getting bigger. We're up to nine fifty nine in the big, in, in pro mod and, and the similar classes. So the fact that there, the availability is there, I think, it's kind of like the Fox bodies, right? They're, yeah. they're available and they work. And, and that leads to the growth of that class. So it's, uh, yeah, the, the limiting factor in, in a sport where no one wants to be limited, the limiting factor is sometimes the most important thing. Do you think that, is it, is it the inventory? Is it the price range? I mean, what do you think it is about this particular type of racing? Because it is, is it, like you said, a lot of these engines are in existence. Like people, old pro mod engines. I mean, if you get on racingjunk.com or on Facebook Marketplace, you can find a gazillion 706s, 728s, whatever. There's a lot of those engines in available in, in, uh, available. Do you think it's purely an inventory thing? Because I saw someone say that, yeah, 4840 stuff is becoming like property. You know, it's the price is doubled on the on the heels. It's appreciating on the heels of Mike Hill's big race. So do you think that it's tough because drag racers, we can't just seem that we can't help ourselves, right? Like we take Oh, they're going to have it. If this deal continues on, there's going to be, you know, 100 grand uh, 4840 motors being built with all the crazy stuff. We've seen that in 632 a little bit. You know, 632 was supposed to be the limiting factor for for that for pro 632 and and similar classes but here we are i mean if you want a throw down 632 from one of the top engine builders it's going to cost you as much as almost as much as a 959 so it's it always kind of turns into that we'll see how it goes um and speaking of limiting factors when we talk about drag radio and track prep we talk about this a lot that no prep is a result of that and no prep being a limiting factor is the allure of that so we've always got something it's always evolving and it's almost like one answers the other no prep answered drag radial drag radial came along because maybe the the slick racing had stagnated a little bit or track prep had gotten to a point where it necessitated that then uh engine costs and size and cubic inches and everything gets out of hand so here comes 4840 racing as an answer to that and, and it's kind of the pendulum swinging back and forth uh that we talk about a lot where one thing follows the other and it seems to be a reaction to something kind of going crazy on the other end of the spectrum i had a conversation with uh brett kepner earlier uh, over the weekend or late last week and he actually just sent me a text did you see this uh announcement on facebook that the na not the nhra excuse me let me pull this up real quick jeff foster the general manager of las vegas motorsports park uh or las vegas motor speedway in nevada announced that the thanksgiving week bracket nationals at the strip there in las vegas had been canceled due to a nationwide shortage of glue and i had an off the record conversation just a moment ago with freddie turza at vp racing fuels who obviously manufacture a traction compound lc7 it's about to be not off the record anymore <laughs> yeah no it's about to what it was we were just talking about it and it, it's weird because i said to him that it feels to your point about things answering one another it feels like our sport the pendulum swung 
to the prep it to the gills, spray it from wall to wall. You know, every run, it seems like you go to some of these races and they run four cars, prep the track, run four cars, prep the track. And it does feel like, I don't know if it's the universe or what, but there's a pattern of we're going to go the other direction for a little while. And it feels almost like universe kind of taking matters into its own hands because I think we got, we went way too far in the sport of drag racing. I don't care what anybody says. Listen, I want to see two cars go down the track side by side. I want to see side by side racing for sure. But the notion that we're going to prep the track, that's the priority is prepping the track and we're going to run in the night. We're going to run when the sun goes down, you know, the schedule be damned because we want to make sure the track's perfect. I, I don't think that's the answer. I mean, there's maybe a time and place for it, but I just really don't think it's the answer. And it feels like a higher power has solved this problem for us, so to speak. I think it's just a natural evolution and people drag racers are, are smart and they see an opening or they see somewhere where, Hey, you know, this is being neglected over here or this deal's just gotten out of control. But what if we, what if we did this? What if we kind of tried to put the genie back in the bottle a little bit, I think is what some of this stuff is like, Hey, let's go back to when, man, we were just, we were running so well with this four eight forty stuff. And we never really, uh, scratch the potential of the, of these combinations because we were just, you know, discarding them and getting a bigger engine. I mean, that's what everyone did like every year through the, the mid two thousands, I would guess I would say. And uh, so you've got those things as well, kind of going back and exploring uncharted territory that you didn't touch the first time around, which is another interesting aspect of it. The whole conversation for me goes back to, I mean, and you and I were both at the No Prep Kings season finale down in, uh, at the Texas Motorplex here a couple of weeks ago. And I actually don't have any issue whatsoever with this conversation about the tracks getting better. Like, isn't that okay? Like, I think it's kind of cool that you talk to everybody on the grounds at one of those, uh, one of these No Prep Kings events. And it's kind of a foregone conclusion that your first couple shots at the track be a little sketchy. You know what I mean? Like not a lot of guys have been down it. The track's not that good, but as the day wears on, it comes around and it gets better and it gets better. How many people told you how good the track was in Dallas? I mean, a lot told me, yeah. I mean, I heard it a dozen times. I saw at some least. computer graphs and was, I was standing <laughs> on there on the starting line myself. So I actually, I saw it and it's like, you know, wow, this, this looks like an NHRA national event track up here on the starting line. Um, and I mean, some of that may have been because they just followed the NHRA national event. I think that actually factors in a little bit, um, with the no to. prep Kings deal to where it's what was run on here previously and what, how has this track been prepped all year or how's it been maintained? All those things. I know they go in and try to erase all that and make it uh, a level playing field, but I think some tracks are going to just naturally be better due to the racing that they've had more recently. So I think that's some of what we saw as well, too. I wonder if they go to a track like Z-Max where they don't race a lot, right? It's like major events or not at all. I wonder how a track like that would, maybe that would be more, to your point, like the replicate the street racing environment, I guess, if that's what they're going for. But my point was more that it's going to get better. Like, it's okay that it's not great when we start. It's going to be great when it matters. And I just... I don't know that the whole sport, it feels like drag racing could 
could use a little acceptance of that. Or maybe there's a way at some point in time, I'm talking about technology that likely doesn't exist yet, but maybe there's like a universal passable Minimum. moment you know like, like where a minimum the, a minimum the track is this good it pulls this good at 60 feet it pulls this good at 330 feet it pulls this good at the eighth mile therefore it has met our minimum threshold to be considered a good track and if we could establish some minimums like that or some baselines it does feel like it would help our sport as a whole because I really think that we see great racers be great racers when the track's not great or when that it requires someone yeah, to get outside racing, of the box. That, isn't that the beauty of our sport? That is, is at the core of drag racing is, is navigating these different conditions. Um, and we've talked about this a lot where we've, we try to take that away. And I think if you take that away, you just end up with uh, land uh, speed, land racing. speed racing and, and, you know, takes away all the strategy, all the cool things that happen and the excitement really of race day. So it, to me, all these things that we're talking about are, are gravitating back toward that. These limiting factors, track prep, engine size, what it's, it's all about good racing and getting back to working with what you have and navigating these varying conditions. Um, and it's, I, I think it was a necessity in, in the in the early days of drag racing, just because there was no technology, there was no traction. You were doing all you could, um, but in today's times, we've got you know kind of spoiled with technology and with everything, and we've gotten away from it. So uh, I'm here for it. I'm I'm glad to see this kind of thing happening. Myself as well, and I'll tell you that in the midst uh, or throughout the course of the last week, Mike, we've I've we have accepted excuse me, we have extended 20 invitations so far to the 2023 running of the Drag Illustrated World Series of Pro Mod, the biggest, richest Pro Mod drag race in the history of the known universe. And it's funny because there's been a consistent theme amongst all these racers that I've talked to. I've had this conversation with them that, listen, our race really isn't built around blowing the scoreboards down. Our race is built around incredible side-by-side competition, an air of exclusivity, uh, but above all else, perhaps parity amongst all these different engine combinations and all these different power adder choices, because I personally think that's the lightning in a bottle that exists with pro modified drag racing is all these different, I'm going to do it this way. No, I'm going to do it this way. And that's what makes this class of drag racing so special. And all these racers I didn't have a single one put up a fight. There were a handful of them that I thought might. I think about guys like Frankie the Madman Taylor, Jason Scruggs and in, in the Mississippi Missile. I mean, those are guys that love an outlaw drag race, right? They want no rules, no holds barred. But I they think they've adapted, though. They those have. are guys that have adapted, especially Scruggs running over to HRA. Yeah, they appreciate that there has to be limits to this stuff. There has to be weight minimums. There has to be overdrive limits because... Otherwise, it's the deepest pockets and the guy that's willing to spend the most. And what I want in the World Series of Pro Mod, just as an example, kind of for this uh, for the purpose of this discussion, is I would much rather have close racing. I would much rather have nitrous cars, turbo cars, screw blower cars, roots blower cars, centrifugally supercharged cars, all running within a, a few thousandths of one another or, or a hundredth or two that is much more exciting for me personally than the notion of somebody coming down there with a singular combination, a singular racer going 345 in the eighth mile at 220 miles an hour. Like that's great, but it's, it's almost like pr- competing on price. That's a race to the bottom. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's all about competing on price and who can be the cheapest, 
it's a race to the bottom. And I don't really want to be a part of that. So I'm glad to see some of these things becoming popular, going back to the 4840 board space uh, shootouts that are happening in the Southeast. Any of these things where there's some there's some limits. There's some limits to what's going on, right? And that's where the excitement comes from. That's There's not one guy that's got the lightest weight car that's got a jockey driving it. it it's just way more attainable. And going back to what you said about all these 700-inch engines that are in, you know, on engine stands all around the country that could fit right into this style of racing, the inventory. The inventory is so significant. Um, it just makes it a lot more something that people can, that aspirational culture is still alive where you can go, man, one of these days, I'm going to race those guys. So anyways, man, um, before we dive into our first guest of the day here, and this is a big one. This one we've been working on for a hot minute. I do want to remind you guys that each and every episode of The West Buck Show is made possible by way of our friends at Stroud Safety. Stroud Safety is known for their top quality racing safety equipment from drag shoots and seat belts to fire suits, gloves and blankets, all 100% made in America. Log on to StroudSafety.com and make sure you tell those guys that we sent you. Mike, as you said at the start of the show, this is a big one considering the time of year. We're a week removed, not even, a few days removed from the SEMA show. Wasn't that long ago that I think this entire ten, in industry kind of waited with bated breath to see what was going to happen. Are yeah, we going to have... We talked about that a lot. Are we ever going to see an in-person trade show again? So oh, I'm going to give a little shout out to the, to the man God, upstairs because thank God that that all worked out as planned because there really were... I mean, I can't count the number of people that I talked to going, oh man, trade shows, that that's over. Those days are behind us. And I think that I was just... Rem there's a magic to getting people together, especially people that share a passion. And the SEMA show, by all accounts, packed to the gills, uh, announcing major plans for expansion, all sorts of exciting stuff going on out there. But as we talked to, to start the show, a big day in the political world, obviously last night, midterm elections that you know are near and dear, the heart of those uh, that care about racing and care about car culture. So I'm excited to hear what Dr. Jamie Meyer has to say about it. Uh, let's go. Are we got, did we have him in the green room? Oh, there he is. He's here. Oh my hey goodness. Guys. I didn't have ladies and gentlemen, hey the one, the only Dr. Jamie Meyer, president of the performance racing industry, buddy. How goes it, man? Well, it's good to see you. Good to see you, Mike. Good to see you guys. Good to be on the yeah. show and uh, exciting time. You know, we're, we'll talk about last night's events. Uh, it's still rolling into today, but yeah, SEMA show was great. We've got this event coming up in December called PRI. So you guys always have a good time there. And uh, we're going to make sure you have a great time this year. Awesome. It's uh, probably one of our most uh, prized couple of days. I'll tell you, it serves a lot of purposes for us here, uh, Jamie. It's, it's a big deal for us because as many businesses are in this day and age, remote working, right? We've got all sorts of people around the country and around the world for that matter that work from home and maybe report to duty or report to an office a handful of times a year or a handful of times a month. But for those of us that operate these far-flung businesses or technology-driven businesses, man, it, we look forward all year long to the opportunity to get together, build the team, break bread, see one another, see expressions, hear what people has to say, have to say. So we're genuinely excited about it. But I am curious, can uh, as someone who was there and took it in firsthand, what was the what was the mood and the environment like out in Las Vegas for the SEMA show this season? Oh, yeah. Uh, Vegas was uh, great, guys. We had a, a great 
of turnout. Uh, Mike Spagnola is our new CEO, first year uh, in that role. Uh, James Lawrence on the board did a great job. Uh, up 35 plus percent wow. for the SEMA show. So really an incredible turnout uh, for the enthusiast industry, racers, lots of performance parts on display. Uh, and it was a, a great show. A lot of business got done uh, and put an incredible amount of energy into the industry and uh, a lot of uh, chance to walk the aisles, see people reconnect. Uh, you know, we had, we had strong presence from Dodge and Toyota. Uh, and then all the manufacturers were there. Of course, PRI was there as well with the display. We had Clay Milliken's top fuel dragster on display and, uh, People enjoyed seeing big horsepower. So SEMA was hot, uh, and now we roll on to PRI in just 30 days. How much momentum is created by an event like SEMA for everybody involved? Is it something where you guys look at SEMA and go, okay, we're up 35%. We've got all these big exhibitors. How can we keep that energy rolling into to PRI? Or, because I will tell you, like a little inside baseball, I think it's kind of common knowledge that while aligned on many levels, seem as different than PRI. And, and people look at those differently. And I don't mean to get you in trouble or get you talking out of turn, but I think PRI is seen by the masses as this extremely hardcore group of people. Um, it's less fan-centric. It's less enthusiast-driven. It's uh, about guys that are buying parts and contributing to the industry. So how much of that is applicable? I mean, are you able to look at the growth or the expansion of SEMA and, and make any guesses or any proclamations about what's going to happen with the hardcore part of the industry? Yeah, there's a lot there in that question. Let's, let me, let me yeah. try to break it down. Uh, you know, Certainly the folks that were at SEMA, from a trade show perspective, uh, SEMA did a lot for the trade show industry, but that's behind the curtain. For folks that went there, they're probably still measuring it. I think, Wes, Wes we, what we have to admit is we've been on this incredible run over the last two years. You know, folks were at home. They rediscovered their project car or their, or their race car, their drag car. Uh, they built it. Racing has enjoyed that because folks have uh, been re-energized in the racing industry. Uh, and then uh, we're starting to see some downturn, right? Some of the inflation, uh, some of the supply chain issues starting to put a little bit of a damper on some of this run. So for folks that are in the manufacturing business are looking at what does my 2023 look like? And to get to a trade show like SEMA to really get out there and talk to your distributors, uh, talk to your, your big customers, you get a chance to get an idea of what your 23 looks like and ensure it. And that's certainly what PRI is, is set up to do. And it, so about PRI, remember, this was the show that was set up by those outlaws, if you will, that, that left SEMA because they wanted a more hardcore show. We were purchased by SEMA 10 years ago. Of course, uh, I think most folks know that. So we're still under the umbrella, but PRI has a very different flavor, as you point out. Very hardcore, extremely racing oriented. And, and yeah, you're right, Wes, as folks are walking the aisles at PRI, they are actively planning their 23. What classes are they going to run in? What engine combination are they going to use? Are they buying whole new cars? Uh, entire sanctioning bodies are formed at PRI. Major sponsorships are put, in, put together at PRI, both for the racer and the sanctioning bodies. And cars are launched parts are launched. Uh, and, and again, the entire industry comes to life as they set up 23 and beyond at the PRI show. So that's the setting. 
It's for me, it's interesting. And there is one of the things and forgive me if I've told you this story, but typically any time that we bring someone into the fold here at Drag Illustrated, one of the first orders of business, no matter when they bring, they join the, the team here is to get them to PRI. And it's weird that it's that much of a landmark experience for our teammates, but it's important for people to to what's the word to witness the spectacle and the scale that is our industry. I think it's easy to look at the racing industry and think this is a bunch of hillbilly hot rodders, right? With overalls and you know that that and kind of stereotype us as that because that's kind of the moonshine running NASCAR, you know, stock car racer persona that I'm not totally mad about. But the fact of the matter is this is an enormous industry that generates a tremendous amount of money, a tremendous amount of revenue. And I mean, I go to any given drag race, Dr. Jamie, and I see the amount of toter homes, motor homes, stacker trailers, the amount, the equipment that's on display, the money that's moving around this industry is almost unfathomable. Do you ever have like a proud papa kind of feeling when you look at this this industry and this scene and think about how many families it feeds, how many businesses have been built on the back of a real a passion for hot rodding? Yeah, it's 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 really heavy, right? And even as I was listening in uh, to you in the opening session, I'm I'm reminded of uh, how incredibly intelligent and capable racers are when you're talking about events, when you're talking about how they're planning for certain classes and racers and how do we put on a, a better pro mod event you know you're an incredible operator yourself and you're surrounded by these folks that are incredible entrepreneurs but i will give you the numbers uh sema does a good job with our research department this the aftermarket industry is a 50 billion dollar annual revenue in itself uh racing drives that through a, a lot of the advancement, a lot of the enthusiasm and just the sex appeal of the industry. Racing itself is somewhere around an $8 billion industry in addition to that. Uh, so uh, you're not talking about hillbillies doing burnouts here, my friend. You're talking about a major, major industry that's on scale with, with any other uh, industry that we want to compare it to. So yeah, some great people do great work here. I couldn't agree more. And considering all of that, those numbers that are titanic to say out loud, take us through kind of the state of affairs as it is in this moment. As we mentioned in the show lead up that we're, we're fresh off some midterm elections yesterday, some that are still carrying on into today. But I mean, I guess, could you give us kind of a, a, how did we fare? I mean, I was going through the PRI website. I'm actually on this page right now. Your last letter to the editor in Performance Racing Industry Magazine, PRI Magazine, was fantastic. And I'm reading through this, and I'm seeing all these names of what I think is interesting, a bipartisan list. I mean, this is not, trust me, there's a lot of red on here for all of those out there keeping score. Um, but it's a really incredible thing that you guys are looking at the RPM Act and at our industry through a bipartisan lens that we're not trying to pick sides here. We just want to involve ourselves and support people that support what we're doing. How did the racing industry, how did car culture do yesterday in those elections? Yeah, I mean, really profound question. And I think uh, I'll back up and talk about the evolution of PRI and this seat not just a trade show, not just a media company. We are the advocacy group for the entire racing industry. 
the membership and the requirement to be a member to come to PRI the show is strategic to grow the membership base that will ultimately drive more influence for the racing industry. PRI and SEMA, uh, our government affairs groups and where we are as an industry, we're extremely bipartisan, we're pro-business, we're pro-USA, pro-sport and competition, and, and very pro-family. So that's the uh, energy that drives our government affairs team, and it surrounds the politicians that want to be associated with PRI and SEMA. So that uh, critical piece of legislation, which is still in committee, Wes, we should talk about that, is the RPM Act. Uh, recognizing and protecting the Motorsports Act. Uh, and, and folks listening, if you haven't heard about the RPM Act, you can go to saveourracecars.com and get a nice background on that and get engaged. Um, we have 165 co-sponsors of the RPM Act in this Congress, which still runs through uh, January. Uh, I, I got an update from our DC office today in anticipation of this, uh, and I'll read just some of this, just so you know. The candidates that PRI supported through the PAC and political ads fared extremely well last night uh, with over 90% of them being reelected. Uh, and this is very bipartisan. We have to remember that. So I think if, and I think your audience leans red, uh, Wes, I'll read into that a little bit. And I think if we can take a victory today, we have to understand that racing, drag racing or any form of race in the United States really brings folks together. And this this bipartisan bill, the RPM Act, is still uh, very much alive uh, in a congressional committee. So there were, there were 110 RPM Act House co-sponsors that were up for re-election and then 15 RPM Act sponsors that either ran for re-election to the Senate or competed for a Senate seat last night in the cycle. Um, they've been overwhelmingly uh, positive. The results have been overwhelmingly positive for our lawmakers who supported the RPM Act. Uh, 12 RPM Act sponsors won Senate races. Uh, three of those races are still too close to call. And over 100 RPM Act co-sponsors in the House were re-elected. One lost and the remaining races are too close to call. So we're still watching Arizona. Nevada and the runoff in Georgia. But uh, if there's any victory for the racing industry, uh, we really did uh, look, look very strong. And Wes, you were a part of this. You drove a lot of activity. You know, we sent close to 2 million letters to Congress as, as an industry, as a community, urging them, hey, get behind the RPM Act. Racing is America. This is something that's really important to me. And we can still do that. There's still, still time in this Congress to do that. Um, and importantly, uh, Wes, what's new really since I've been on here talking to you is we've become very active at the grassroots level, advertising on social media and in those districts with our co-sponsors. We bought billboards with the politicians' face, thanking them at racetracks. So racers came in and they saw who was supporting their industry. And then we even arranged meetings at racetracks for lawmakers to come out, get exposed to races, get exposed to our manufacturers. And you get that chance, Wes, you get that chance to, to look them in the eye and say, this is important. You got 25,000 constituents out at this race this weekend. 
and they'll vote for you if you sign up and support racing. So we're at the start of this. You know, I came on here several months ago and we talked about where we were headed from a political advocacy group. My message to you and the listeners today is we are extremely active uh, in trying to fight and win these seats that are critical to set us up uh, to keep this industry open and keep uh, racing alive in the United States. You you hit on so many things there, uh Dr. Meyer, thank you for the the eloquence because it's a couple of things that I think you're exactly right. To be honest, I'm I am moved to the verge of tears, and everybody knows that I'm Wes is a super emotional dude. But I go to the racetrack, and I am so proud of what I see. I mean, don't get me wrong; there are certainly times when I go, oh, "Okay, guys, we can do a little bit better than this." But more often than not, I go to the racetrack, and I see men and women, young and old, of every race, creed, and color coming together. Uh, setting aside their differences for the sport, for this competition that we all love, for the passion of the automobile and the passion of racing. And it's a magical thing. I mean, I can't count the number of times I've been, you know, sitting down, having a conversation with somebody, and I hear the national anthem play off in the distance. And no matter whom I'm looking across the table at, we both, without acknowledgement, stand and face a flag. And, and we, and I talk to people all the time. I actually brought some friends out to, uh, to, uh, it's, it's no secret. I relocated over the course of the last couple of years to Texas. I brought some new friends out to the NHRA fall nationals at the Texas motorplex a few weeks ago. And I told them this is one of the few places that I am fairly confident we could let our kids run around, you know, and no one's going to hurt them. The people here are going to take care of them. If they were hurt, they would help them. If they were lost, they would help them find their, their family. I mean, it's, it's an incredible group of people that I pinch myself. I really do. I pinch myself because I feel so lucky to get to operate amidst this group of people. And we are a powerful group when we're all swimming in the same direction. One of the things that I heard you mention that I think is worth repeating is for all the people that see some sort of money grab or something when the PRI show launched this membership effort, I saw it exactly as you described it. This is getting everybody bought in. This is flexing our collective muscle. How much can we accomplish together? And I hope people out there listening that are maybe going, oh, I ain't paying 40 bucks to go to the PRI show or whatever. Hey, listen loud and clear, friends. You, you, that's that's the best money you can spend because we are you're signing your name you're, you're joining the movement and I think that if we can kind of keep some of that some of that uh, story out there and keep that in front of people that there is a real risk that the government could take this from us take this passion from us take this sport and hobby from us and we have to defend it so I mean I, I hope you hear me when I say that. We appreciate what you guys are doing. I, I don't know that we've had anything in 2022 that moved the needle for Drag Illustrated on social media the way Antron Brown speaking to Congress did. I don't know that it, it, it went viral. You know, it was one of our first experiences with content going viral. And to me, it just it really hit home. Like this is very important and people care. Can you tell us a little bit, maybe share some of that experience in DC? I know you were there. What was that whole deal like? Yeah. Uh, well, thank you. Cause this membership program is how we protect the racing industry short term. It's fighting, you know, door to door in Congress to get attention for the industry and to get the RPM act passed. The long-term effort for those unknowns that are coming at this industry is to have a very vibrant membership. Uh, I, you know, my team here in Indianapolis, I tell them we need millions of members. You know, we're tens of thousands of members into this now, 
And the reason, Wes, is that when we sit down with a lawmaker, they have to understand that if it's a lobbyist for PRI uh, and SEMA, that that person represents millions of Americans and millions of families, just like you described, uh, who will listen to folks like you and me and say, look, this is a person that will support racing. We need to vote for them. We need to donate money to them. We need to make sure they're on the ballot and they stick around. Uh, Antron Brown has been one of those early adopters. He's a dear friend of mine. I talked to him about the goals of PRI and the membership before I even had this position. Uh, he's a fifth generation racer, drag racer. So Antron understands it. And, and this can go away quickly with one one wrong vote of Congress or Senate, right? We can watch this happen. Uh, the EPA overreach is real. It's touched the racing industry. It's threatened manufacturers. And Antron saw this in action with some of his sponsors who chose not to make certain products for fear of catching the attention uh, of the EPA. Uh, we had been positioned well through uh, the House and the government affairs team came to me and said, we are uh, going to have a chance to present our story in a Senate hearing, which is chaired by Tom Carper, a senator out of Delaware, um, very politically connected, obviously. And they said, look, we've talked to the Republican minority uh, in this uh, committee. Uh, we could send our lobbyists or they could send me, uh, but we want to send someone to help that tells the story of racing. And we want to send Antron Brown. And they had been exposed to Antron because he's one of our founding members at PRI. Uh, I called Antron. I said, hey, AB, uh, I need some help. I went through the scenario. I had our government affairs team describe what that day would look like. Uh, I, think, I think what made this so special, and you have to understand what it takes to move a lawmaker, right? They see it from lobbyists for every industry that you can name. What was special about Antron was just this pure story that he was able to convey about our industry. Uh, his wife was with him and his two sons who are also racers. So it's very hard to look uh, Antron Brown in the eye and tell him we're gonna take away your race cars. 100%. And I think that he is such an animate, such a vivid storyteller and such a great, like you said, fifth generation racer, a world champion in his own right. What he's accomplished in the footprint, now a team owner, like he's a real American success story. And the racing industry has provided that platform. I, I'm reminded of it. I tell this to John Force, uh, and I'm not name dropping just for the sake of, uh, of name dropping, although it did feel good. But when I go to, to Force's shop, I'm always, and I tell him, this immediately every time i walk through these doors i am filled with optimism like drag racing built this i'm in a however many tens of thousands square foot state-of-the-art racing facility this was built on the back of drag racing and that is such a i need to hear that you know people need to see those type of things and to see somebody like antron you know speaking on behalf of our entire sport and seemingly making a difference, seeming, seemingly cutting through based on the metrics and the things that we saw, I can't help but feel optimistic about the future. And I kind of want to bookend this conversation. Jamie, you and I, I think we could talk all day about this, but I'm just curious, could you maybe 
help us spread some positivity? I mean, when you talk to these, you know, I talk, I think about all the people you talked about, 90% of these folks being reelected, some 12, some new elected members uh, of the House or Congress. Could you, what's the, is the reaction that you guys are getting? I mean, do you feel optimistic about the future? Do you feel these things are working? Are we making a difference? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, we are. We are, Wes, but it, it is this constant communications and this constant effort by this industry and the fact that we just can't pause. We can't ever take the sport for granted. Uh, these aren't uh, God-given rights. We've got to fight. The, the freedoms of drag racing can be taken away if leaders in our, in our industry and in our community don't step up, like Antron, like yourself. But you know, I usually talk to the Indiana lawmakers, so it's Todd Young and Mike Braun who are the senators from Indiana. It, it's a little easier for me because Indiana, uh, in their goals for this state, it is to drive racing and to support racing. So when we sit down and talk about where we're headed with the RPM Act, they get behind it because they're Indiana natives, they understand the economic impact, and Wes, what we don't talk about, you and I do, but not enough, is the people that racing generates and what incredibly talented, creative, hardworking, engineering-minded people that this, this industry, and especially drag racing, uh, generates. And when you get down to that conversation, you can really move people. But you know, Wes, um, I need more people. I need folks like you. And I'm going to ask you... I'm going to invite you to the D.C. rally next year. So when SEMA and PRI organizes these meetings, I want you and your team to be part of it. And you can bring your cameras or you can just go with your notepad. But I want you to sit down with the lawmakers in Texas and talk about racing and why you're fighting for it and, and what we need to keep pushing racing forward. And everybody that's listening is invited. You can send me a note or send Wes a note. But we will arrange for lawmakers to come to your business or to your race shop, and you can tell your story, we've got to do a lot more of that, Wes. We can do a lot better as an industry. I agree. And I think that you hit on something that I think almost everybody can can take something away from is that, and it's funny because self selfishly, I've had this conversation with my team, is that you know we just announced last week we're bringing back our World Series of Pro Mod franchise. We're bringing that brand back, and we feel the you know I look at the industry and go, okay, what does this group of people need? Okay, they need events that they can rally around, big, exciting happenings, and it's you, you can't let off the gas, right? Because that's w- w- when things go awry. You have to stay on it twenty four seven. And you're right that drag racing, motorsports, this is not a god given right. Right. I mean, it is something that we've got to fight for and we can't take it for granted. I think everybody experienced that to a certain extent during COVID. And I hope everybody keeps those memories fresh, keeps that, you know, that notion, that thought close because it could go away in, in, a, in a moment and we need to fight for it. So, Dr. Meyer, I surely appreciate all you do. And we'll be there with bells on. You know that we we were so proud of you guys and all that you've accomplished uh, coming out to the, the new headquarters grand opening there in Indianapolis. Uh, what you guys are doing for our industry is it cannot be overstated and we surely appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks and seeing what we can do together next, man. Yeah. It's December 8th through the 10th, the PRI show. And if I can ask one thing, uh, I want to make sure folks get registered for the PRI show before the 22nd of November. That's when we send out credentials. So go to performanceracing.com, 
and get signed up. And, you know, there is an after hours party that's become famous. Do you know who puts that on? No clue. No clue. No, it's, uh, yes, thank you very much. Drag Illustrated After Hours. I guess I'll make news. We actually have a, a new partner for Drag Illustrated After Hours. It will forever be, hopefully, is my goal, powered by VP Race Fuels. So we're very excited about that relationship. Uh, some people that share our vision for not only the motorsports community, but for the drag racing community. So we're super excited about it. And listen, Dr. Meyer's right. Nobody wants to wait in that line. If, if you want to be able to walk through the doors of the PRI show and not have any trouble with a, a very friendly 82-year-old security guard, um, you, you need to have your credentials beforehand. So yeah, sign up before November 22nd for how many years has the PRI show? What year is this? So 1986 was the first one and then subtract 2020 because we didn't have the show. We skipped one, yeah. So a lot of years. Did you go to any of those early ones, like in Columbus, or did you go to any of those I, early shows? I started in Indy the first time and then did okay. all the Orlando years. And uh, now the comments are filling up with bring it back to Orlando, which is fine. But uh, we'll be in Indy for the foreseeable future. Yeah, it kicks off uh, thir that Thursday morning. We have Tony Stewart coming in with our grand opening breakfast. And then that Thursday night, uh, 5 to 7, is the Save Our Race Cars Rally, Wes. You should be there with me waving an American flag and uh, talking about the PRI pack. So. We'll, I'll be there, and we'll go straight from there to shots at Drag Illustrated After Hours. You heard it right here. Dr. Jamie's coming with me, and we're going to do a beer bong or I something. I can't endorse that activity, Wes. You know okay. that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we appreciate it very much, Dr. Meyer. Thank you so much for all your support, and I look forward to seeing you, man. The PRI show, the Performance Racing Industry Trade Show, one of the biggest happenings in our sport. Uh, the biggest three days in business in motorsports, December 8th, 9th, and 10th, 2022 at the Indianapolis Convention Center in Indianapolis, Indiana, buddy. We'll see you there. See you soon, my friend. Thanks, man. Talk soon. Mike, I tried to get him to bite on shots immediately following the American flag waving. Man, but yeah, JT, that's where we need to JT because JT yeah. could have sold him on that. For those that don't know, we've got two two of the team members down. Like JT's today, um, and I want to throw this up there. My dad, uh, I very rarely talk about like my family on here that much, but my dad's having open heart surgery on Friday. So everybody keep a quadruple bypass. Uh, sounds very scary. So everybody keep the the old man. You got this, prayers, Eddie. But that, hey, he's got a this. cancer survivor. That's one tough dude. I actually, my wife looked me square in the face and said, we need to be worried about you. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad's had an open heart surgery. Prior to that, he had cancer. Like, we need to keep you bubble wrapped, you know? it's uh, It definitely got my attention. But anyways, um, I'm genuinely excited, man. We need we need a JT on here because he would have certainly gotten Dr. Meyer convinced to have it. No doubt. No doubt. You know? They'd have been exchanging numbers behind the scenes here. <laughs> I, I tell you what, though. I'm all for going to Washington, D.C. You went to Washington I, man, this Washington year. You had a big is, time, uh, yeah. right? We did. It was it was uh, a surprisingly beautiful city. Uh, lots of stuff going on, whether whether you're a Democrat, Republican, it's still awesome to see, like you said, drag racing built this shop that John Force has yeah. what America has built. And this is kind of the center of our government. It's pretty impressive if you've never been. Yeah, I've I've never spent any time there. I've driven through like the outskirts once, flown through a handful of times, but I've never spent any measurable amount of time there. So we'll have to make sure that we do that. And I definitely yeah. want to be there for this rally, the Save Our Race Cars rally on Thursday night. I was actually unaware of that. Um, we've got some big things happening at the PRI show. I guess let's run through those real quick. Um, Thursday, 
December 8th of the 2022 PRI show. Of course, Drag Illustrated After Hours, powered by VP Race Fuels, will go on that evening. But prior to that, at 1 p.m. Central Standard, excuse me, local time, Eastern time, we will have the Drag Illustrated World Series at ProMod Press Conference. I'm fairly certain our next guest here on the show will be there. We'll have a slew of heavy hitters from the World Series of ProMod all together on stage to talk shop and share stories about the the fast approaching 100,000 win World Series of ProMod. But, uh, and then on Friday, of course, the unveiling of the Drag Illustrated 30 Under 30 class of 2022. Very, very, very big deal and kind of an exciting thing for us. They've moved us out of the media center. So we're going to be moving out of the media center into that Where, giant creator. Just, just thing. for safety, just for fire, the fire marshal made them do that. Literally, I think and we have was, the, the best attended press conference at PRI. Pretty yeah, proud of that. It was, isn't it crazy how hot it got in that room too? Just from the amount of people in it, it went from like <laughs> seventy to eighty-four was, in there, and I was I sweating get, through yeah. my socks, which yeah. is not that unusual. Um, <laughs> but dude, it gets so hot in there. So huge shout out to everybody at PRI, Juan Torres, uh, Doctor Meyer, everybody that has helped us kind of graduate this event up to the main stage, the creator stage there that's sponsored by Speed Sport News. Uh, we'll be in there. It'll be live streamed. We're very excited about it. Almost all of our 30 under 30 class members are going to be there. I think there's only a handful that aren't going to make it. So that's very exciting. So yeah, nonetheless, big times. Uh, and I do want to remind everybody here real quick before we bring on our next guest that each and every episode of The West Buck Show is made possible by way of our friends at Redline Synthetic Oil. Redline has been protecting engines since 1979. Their formulas were born in the lab and have been tested on tracks around the world. From 11,000 horsepower nitro-burning engines to 50cc motorcycle engines, they have the lubricants and coolants you need. Redline's lineup of coolants, gear oils, greases, and motor oils have protected racers in championships quest, championship quests in all form forms of racing. Log on to redlineoil.com today for more information. Mike, uh, this was one that I knew would get a lot of attention, but I think I was honestly a little bit surprised how much attention. We broke news earlier this week that Melanie Salemi, as we talked, someone who has accomplished a tremendous amount in the sport of drag racing. I'm rolling through this accomplishment list. I don't know that she's even aware of all these things. Are you ready Pretty for this? Impressive. Race? This is why we say that she's got to be a favorite going into this race. She's got to be a favorite going, going into this race. I'm trying to find it. Hold on. Where, where I got you. Go? Do you got it? Hit me yep. with it. Big dog. One PDRA pro boost win this, this past season, four time PDRA pro boost low qualifier this past season, set the pro boost ET record at three fifty six with an eight, uh, this season finished second in points to Todd Tuttero one, the $50,000 50th Snowbird Nationals in December of, of last year. Uh, won RVW at the World Street Nationals in Orlando. Uh, won 40000 in the uh, Pro Mod at Shakedown Nationals at Norwalk in 2018. So she's had success at in, in Florida, obviously all over the country. But the way this, this car and this team is performing uh, – the, these past couple of years, and especially in Florida at these big money races, she has to be a favorite. I can't argue. I, I was genuinely excited to have her involved because I feel like I've waited a long time because the, the door slammer community is largely divided, right? I mean, there's quarter mile guys, there's eighth mile guys, PDRA, NMCA, Northeast Outlaw, I mean, the list goes on, NHRA, 
all the Midwest drag racing series. There's all these different places to race. And it's funny because I had someone ask me, so what's the kind of thought process behind who's going to the World Series of Promo? And it's like, I don't know, all the people I want to see race each other. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, that's I've, literally I've like, that too. what's the criteria? I'm like, it's just, you know, I mean, it literally is. I mean, whoever, I sat down with a piece of paper and is like, who would it be cool to see race one another? And Melanie was one of the first names on the list because I do think that she's a needle mover. She's a, a very talented young woman. She's a female that's out here fighting with all these you know, burly dudes and kicking ass and taking names along the way. Her husband tunes the car. I mean, that's an incredible story. Her son tunes on the car. I mean, there's a lot of layers to this particular onion. So without any further ado, let's bring her on. We're about eight minutes behind schedule. So we got to make up some time. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, all those accomplishments we talked about, living legend, Melanie Slemmy. What's going on, Melanie? Hey, guys. How are you? Hey, uh, we're doing really well here. Let me, I'm going to, JT, Mike, I'm clicking some buttons. There she is. Um, there you go. Melanie, uh, first and foremost, let me just say thank you on behalf of everybody here at Drag Illustrated. We just appreciate your support and your belief in what we're trying to do with the World Series of Pro Mod. As you and I talked earlier in the week, it, it's not, it, the records and the accolades are great. But what's really important is people that understand what we're trying to do. We're trying to do something different. We're trying to break some traditions. We're trying to create a new one, in all honesty, uh, by really celebrating this particular group of people. And you're, you're a fantastic fit. So thank you, seriously, Melanie, uh, to your whole team for accepting your invitation and coming down to Florida to run for $100,000 next spring. Absolutely. We wouldn't miss it. It's going to be a really great event, I believe. And like you said, you're going to do a bunch of different things. And... In my uh, estimation, that's what drag racing needs right now. Something different, something to get the fans involved. And, um, you know, even it's already happening. You're inviting people on a day-to-day -day basis and you're getting people excited for different drivers to be involved in this. And it's our, you're already starting it. So I think it's going to be really great. I'm excited to see everybody kind of represent their click. So I'm curious, as someone who's raced in several different places, do you feel that you're going into this uh, event, the World Series of Pro Mod, kind of waving the PDRA flag? I mean, if you had to choose, you know, if we were talking countries, right, what, what group of racers would you want to represent headed into this event? Uh, definitely PDRA. You know, I've been pretty loyal to them since I started uh racing pro modified actually i even raced a couple races in my dragster before i raced pro mod so um definitely representing pdra and uh canada <laughs> but um yeah the the pdra has been a really awesome place for us to race we've definitely ventured out and raced at other organizations and you know, we always find our way home back to the PDRA. It really is a special thing. And I, I hope Tommy Franklin, Judy, uh, his wife, of course, uh, Tyler Cross, everybody that's involved, Crystal, John's here. I mean, the list goes on, Vinny. There's so many great people involved with that group. And it, it really is incredible because as I roll through our projected entry list, um, and the people that have already uh, accepted invites, I can't help but admit that so many heavy hitters, so many of the toughest teams in door slammer drag racing call PDRA home. Do you, I mean, I talked to John earlier in the week, your, your husband who crew chiefs on your car and a slew of race cars that are very competitive at this point in time. Um, he talked about, man, I felt like we had a really good season. Like we had a really fast car 
and we did great, but we only won one race. And I said, well, you're racing against like the toughest competition that exists. I mean, do you struggle with that? Because I would argue that you guys could go maybe some other places and win more, but you wouldn't race against the level of competition that exists in PDRA Pro Boost right now. Right. Absolutely. And when you, when you race with people that we do like Todd and Kurt Stedding and Randy Weatherford and Johnny camp on a regular basis, um, you have to be as perfect as you can be every single time. You know, there's no gimmies over here. Uh, not for me anyways, maybe Todd, but <laughs> not for me. So, uh, our team has to like, be perfect with every single thing that we're doing. And that just pushes us and pushes us and pushes us. Um, you can probably tell that I'm not home right now. And uh, we were on our way to Florida. And instead of going down there and sitting in the rain for a couple of days, we decided to make a, a stop at Galat to uh, test for a day and uh, at least get some some laps under our belt before we, we got to Florida. So our team is constantly working and working and working and trying to improve, you know, sure. We hold the record right now, but everybody that we race against is trying to go for that. And if we don't keep working, they're going to surpass it. And I don't want that to happen. My team doesn't want that to happen. So we just continuously work from the guys at the shop to Mike Sawicki at the engine shop, John, Jim, Evan, um, Lucas, even friends that we have, you know, we're constantly trying to better our program, even though right now people are saying, why are you changing anything? You have the best, <laughs> you have the record. Well, I've held the record before. And how did that work? It got taken away and we had to go back to work. So that's the name of the game, right? I mean, it's just constant evolution, right? I mean, like trying to improve a better mousetrap all the time. So it's no, I can't fault you for that. And it's, I've been telling anybody that'll listen, it's like, this is how big World Series of ProMod is. Melanie, Slim, they're already testing. They're already, they stopped in Galat and they're already testing right now, November 9th for the World Series of ProMod next year. A couple of things I want to touch on. You've raced in these big money races. You were, you won, as Mike mentioned a moment ago, the 50th annual Snowbird Outlaw Nationals down at Bradenton Motorsports Park, took home $50,000. You've been in those high energy high stakes final rounds. Can you like for those listening, I mean, you've obviously raced in finals before, but I'm hoping you're going to tell me, is it a little different when there's that much money up for grabs? Well, it, it really all depends on, well, a, what you've decided to do with the money. <laughs> if you, <laughs> if you've already spent it <laughs> or, um, really who you're racing. I mean, there's not a lot of times when we decide that we want to split the pot, but um, let's go back to Shakedown, for instance. Uh, we built a race car. We delivered it to the customer at that race. We ended up in the final with them at that race. So um, as a, a good business move, you split the purse because John's tuning both cars, and the the best thing to do is put the – best tune up in both cars and let the drivers battle it out on the racetrack. So um, in that situation, of course, we split the money and it doesn't really have an effect on how you are in the race car. And honestly, first round to the last round, you have to beat everybody. So I, I don't really think that there's a, 
a different way of feeling as a driver myself, whether it's first round or last round. I just know that I have to do my job every single time and my guys have to do their job every single time. I think time. that might, buy you, might be why you win. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I think there's other people that are going like, okay, I can pay for diesel for like the next two seasons if we win this deal, you know, right. and they get in their own head. So th thank you for the candid the answer, because as much as I want to hear you say that like, hell yeah, I'm going to be in my head and I won't be able to sleep for six days because I know that there's all this money. I also appreciate that that's why you're invited to the World Series of Pro Mod because you're going to be steely eyed rolling, rolling into a deal <laughs> like this and it's not going to affect you. I'm curious as someone who has so let's carry this conversation on. We talked about you having competed in a lot of these big money races. You've also raced in other disciplines most recently or perhaps most uh, most well-known in Radio vs. the World. Right. Um, one of the things that some of the conversations that we've been having you know, behind the scenes in regards to the World Series has been throwing some of these people together that have never been you know, lined up against one another. I mean, I guess the the go-to example would be Mark Mickey. I mean, he's not raced Jim Halsey. He's not raced Jason Scruggs. Uh, I had a conversation with Jim Halsey, and he said to me, he goes, hey, man, if Mark Woodruff runs his pro mod any way like he runs his radio car, he's going to be a problem, you know? Yes. And I, I found that to be like an incredible one-liner because that's kind of the magic of what we're going for here is bringing the biggest names, the biggest personalities, the toughest competitors from all these different disciplines, bringing them here. It, it, there's actually a great mixed martial arts or UFC example. It's like bringing a sumo wrestler to fight a boxer, to fight a kickboxer, to fight a jujitsu practitioner, and so on and so forth. That's kind of what we're going for here. Is there anybody that you're, I mean, do you, are you excited by racing some people that you maybe don't see every weekend at a PDR race and some fresh faces or does it matter? Doesn't matter. I don't care, <laughs> I don't care who I race. It's <laughs> awesome. I want to beat everybody. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. I can and tell. I can yeah. guarantee you everybody wants to beat me too. So. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. Um, and, and I mean, I think that that's, it's kind of worth mentioning that you almost have to go into a deal like this with, I think it's easier to do it beforehand. You know what I mean? Like, cause once you get there and you have some of these guys, cause what the thing that I'm excited about is to have some people, guys that are world record holders, gals that are world record holders that you're not going to be able to go up there and take anything for granted. Are you excited about the notion of a chip draw? Not having it, you know, do you like that type of thing? I do. I think it's going to add some, I don't Sizzle. know, camaraderie against everybody yeah. and like give, no one's going to know who they have to race when they're qual. I mean, shit, I could be number one. Sorry. No, you're <laughs> fine. You can cuss all you want. I could be number one qualifier and have to race number two qualifier in first round. And like I said to you on the phone, you have to beat every single buddy, every single racer to win the race. So I don't care if I have to, if I'm 16 and I have to race number one, or if I'm number one and have to race number two, you have to beat everybody to win the race. So I think if you have to run them in the first it. round. So be it. Yeah, absolutely. Get it out of the way. <laughs> it's hard to argue <laughs> with. Um, so, so take me through some of the, like John, your husband, for those that don't know, has really built an incredible business, tuning all these different race cars, a crew chief for hire of sorts, uh, working on a bunch of different high profile race teams. Are you going to be able to like grab him by the shoulders and be like, Hey, look, we're winning this deal. None of them other guys. 
we're winning this deal? Or have you had that conversation yet? Uh, we haven't had that conversation. And typically this past year, anytime that we've been running our car at PDRA, we haven't, um, or he hasn't had any other customers a couple of times he has, but um, we kind of at the beginning of the year said, listen, like if we're going to run for this championship, we're going to, we're going to run for the championship and we're going to put all of our eggs in this basket and try to go for it. So um, we've gone to lots of races, of course, where he's had customers and uh, he's been much better at kind of organizing his, his time per each customer. And he doesn't ever want to slight anybody. So um, it is what it is. If there's customers that he has at that race, that's what he has to do. And he has to prepare himself for that. So we have, we have a lot of uh, great team members, Evan, uh, Jim, Eddie, Katie, myself, you know, and we can hold our own in the pit and let him just do the computer stuff. So it is what, again, it is what it is. If we, if he has some customers there, he has some customers there. And if not, we'll just focus on our car. So do you like the notion of being able to race against? I mean, one of the kind of claims to fame for the professional drag racers association, uh, is the division of the nitrous cars and the boosted combinations, right? So we got PDRA pro nitrous, uh, PDRA pro boost, how, uh, home to turbo cars, centrifugal supercharged cars, roots blown cars, screw blown cars. What, what do you make of like the parody? I mean, it, it, do you get up for that? The the opportunity to race against all these different combinations? Is that exciting to you as a driver, knowing that it might be a nitrous car in the other lane, or it might be a turbo car or whatever the case may be? Yeah, I, I enjoy racing everybody. And it, it yeah. because we don't get to race like Jim Halsey and Jay Cox all the time, when we actually get to get to race them, it's, it's a little bit exciting, you know, yeah. it's, for the fans. It's, it's not just another supercharged Camaro versus a supercharged Camaro. It's they get to get to hype up about what power adder you like better, you know. And as long as the the rules are in line Close, yeah. for both classes, I think I think it's fine. I agree. I personally think that like I totally understand the argument for separating them and it's it's kind of like a go-to. It's almost as polarizing as eighth mile versus quarter mile, right? Like people stick, you know, plant their flag and they're not going to change their mind. And I'm, I'm cool with that, but I do think every once in a while, this is where the magic happens. We, we, we get everybody together and we see who's who. So I'm genuinely excited about it. And again, Melanie, thank you. Uh, congrats on a hell of a season. Like you said, ending, ending the year with the world record, um, headed into 2023 with a full head of steam. We cannot wait to have you guys down to the world series of pro mod at Bradenton motorsports park. Uh, and I'm, I'm assuming you'll be down there for the Snowbird Outlaw Nationals to defend your crown. Yes, uh, we are. Well, we're trying to head down to Florida. <laughs> trying to today. go there now. I don't know how that's yeah. going to work, but oh. um, we're going to we're going to leave here tonight and make our make our way towards Florida and see how far we get. And then uh, we'll be back for Snowbirds and then World Street, U.S. Street Nationals. US Street Nationals. Yep. And, then uh the granddaddy yeah. of them all yes the world yeah. series of yeah, we can't wait and my team's super excited and like i said uh were you surprised I when i call you called you you seem surprised well you called john first oh well i didn't know if he told you okay <laughs> i didn't have your number you do you text me 
Well, I didn't have it saved. Okay. And I, you know, and I just, I just didn't want to be like that guy that's like testing, texting my buddy's wife. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, so I'm going to ta- I'm gonna talk to John first, get the number, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. See, that's no. the problem. I am just another racer. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. But well, <laughs> no, you're my buddy's wife. So and I was no, going like to text said, it first. We're super excited to go. And um, we've been on the dyno testing. We've been testing new engine combinations and... Eddie's been instrumental in getting us whatever we need. And John and Jim and Evan and Katie, we've all been just like going like gangbusters just to improve what we are already really good at. And I really think that this next, the next few races are going to be really great. And then, like you said, the granddaddy of them all, we'll be ready for it and we'll be coming swinging. I cannot <laughs> wait, Melanie. I cannot wait. Thank you again for for being a part of this. Seriously, it's not lost on us. I mean, there's a lot of places to go race and we appreciate that you you're going to come race with us and uh, and I hope so we do you justice. Better. So, thank you so much. Tell your better half hello. Maybe not better half. You're you're okay half hello and I'll see you probably at the PRI show, I guess. Yeah, Are you guys there. going to PRI? Okay, fantastic. Yeah. I look forward to seeing you at the PRI show in Indianapolis. Be safe this weekend, all right? Thank you. Thanks, Melanie. We'll talk appreciate to you it. soon. Okay, bye-bye. All right. Mike, uh, dude, I actually think that she's going to be a problem down there. I really do. I think that she may be one of the ones that we've got to kind of keep an eye on because she may be – she's going to be a problem. She's full of confidence, not worried about who's in the other lane. Do you buy any of that? Man, it, it, as she said it and you agreed, that's probably why she wins. We say that about Erica a lot too. Kind of reminded me of that. There's calm, cool, collected – kind of like a machine in there as far as doing the routine. And I I do think it's true. I actually think that that actually lends to itself to success. Um, As much as maybe we don't want to admit that because we love the drama and we love the kind of interpersonal workings or, okay, this person likes the stage. Well, I was really hoping she'd say, well, so-and-so is a dick. Right. I hate that guy. You know, and, and that's something. the kind of stuff that we love. But I, I actually think that the more you're able to shut that out, the more consistent. That's why I'm so bad at things like this. Yeah, because I why. I got emotion. Like I'm, I would be turning on the top bulb, going, "This dude looked at me funny." Yeah. At the freaking 1996 NHRA Thunder Valley Nationals or whatever, and I'm still pissed about it. And we're fitting to. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, good for her. I'm. Yeah. She's able to separate those Man, things. But- I'm not. It's cool to see her excitement, her team's excitement for this race. Uh, you can tell that they're pumped up. I'm going to go so through was, great cool links to, to get all of them hating one another. That's the goal. Yeah. The, the ultimate goal is to have all 40 of our World Series of Pro Mod drivers despising one another by the time the race rolls around. That's and she's, man, it's, it's going to be, she could end up being the only female in the field. Depend, I mean, there aren't even as many, uh, you know, high level pro mod drive or female pro mod drivers as there are even pro stock drivers now. I'm going to make a pitch. I th- so. It'd be cool to get a Leah, like, like Leah Pruitt yeah. would be, uh, she's high up on my list of people that I would like to be involved in this. Um, I don't know if Erica Enders will ever get in a pro mod car again. I kind of feel like that ship has yeah, sailed. She's pretty much told us she's never yeah. done that again. But, but I would like to see, that would be fantastic. Um, I don't know if there's any chance that a Camry Caruso gets in a pro mod car. I don't know. Um, but there. There's so some of the most talented and promising people in our space right now are females. And I, I as exciting as it will be from a marketing, you know, kind of standpoint to have Melanie be the the one woman involved and be able to kind of promote that. 
I, I have, trust me, I looked around a lot trying to see if there was something else that made sense. Because if we go back to like your and I's like off the record conversations about what we want this event to become, a chili bowl, you know, a, a, something that people come from other types of racing and participate in, man, if we could get a Tony Stewart or a Leah involved in this, Lizzie Musi, Kevin Stevenson's throwing out there. Um, that's something that we've obviously talked about. Uh, she's, you know, contractually obligated to the No Prep Kings series, and I know that she's got her hands full. But it would be cool to get some other women yeah. involved. To be honest with you, yeah, they've all all those names you mentioned, Erica, Leah, Lizzie, that have been in Pro Mod in the past are are no longer have moved to other classes. So Melanie's sort of blazing her own path here recently. So and again, she has to be one of the most feared and uh, a heavy favorite going into the steel. I, what I really want to create with this event is I don't want people to have to go elsewhere. That, that's one of the things that I get like super frustrated about because I do feel like I think about some of the folks, maybe Alex Laughlin comes to mind. You know, he felt like in order to gain sponsorship and all those things, he had to move to fuel racing, right? Mm -hmm. um, look at Lyle Barnett a few yeah. weeks ago, huge news in our industry that Lyle Barnett was getting his a fuel license. I think that's indicative. I mean, let's be honest of him attempting to make a run at nitro racing. I think that applies to future. almost everyone that's in it does. Uh, top alcohol dragster, especially the a fuel combination. Cause they're, that's the stepping stone to, to the fuel car. And I think it, to a T every one of them would probably give you that same answer as to why they're involved in that class all the more reason we need this particular event and we need more of them. We need major, like seriously exciting fan driven, uh, highly visible events in the door slammer space so that people don't go looking for greener pastures, like, that people don't go trying to chase the no prep Kings deal or go try to chase nitro racing. Because personally, when I look at our sport, the inventory of cars, the enthusiasm, the cult like following that hardcore head, like, fast door slammer racing has no matter where it is like whether it's radial tire racing to nhra pro mod and everything in between this is a brand of drag racing that has real promise cars that look like cars drivers on the left hand men and women it's not just millions and millions of dollars there's plenty of do-it-yourselfers guys the ricky smiths of the world the people that you know fight the good fight to chase the racing dream there's a lot left to accomplish for door slammer drag racing and i hope that the World Series of Pro Mod can kind of be the tip of the sword. I see a, a comment here, Country Boy on YouTube is saying Clay Millic Milliken in a rented Pro Mod for World Series would be amazing, and he's exactly right. Like that's that's where I want this thing to arrive, and I and I think it's going to happen sooner rather than later. I can tell you guys that we've got some announcements that are coming in the next five to seven days that are a big deal, like a significant deal for the people that are going to be involved in this race, and it's. And I'm kind of excited as the other shoe drops a little bit. You know what I mean? Because there's going to be some people going, holy crap, this guy doesn't have like a, a background in pro mod, you know, but no, he's got a big following. He's got a lot of eyeballs on him. He's a fierce competitor. He's a big personality and he's exactly my kind of guy, you know? Yep. So um, Christopher Hansen in the comments suggested Alex Taylor. Ooh. That's a great suggestion. She's right there, you know, on the, on the cusp of, the top level of door slammer racing. So we'll see where that goes. We'd love to have her there, have her in a car. Oh, wouldn't that be spectacular? I mean, I think that that would honestly be call up uh, Nolan at Iski and see if yep. we can make that happen. Call up Nolan and say, Hey man, we need a, a brand new pro mod car, you know, whatever. We will give you 
a pinball machine. If you <laughs> put Alex if, Taylor in a pro yeah. mod car, Nolan um, is a is a pinball aficionado. If in case you didn't know that. Holy moly, man. Um, yeah, D- Bumblebee. I mean, I, I think they could probably make that car legal. You know, yep. they could probably make that car legal. You know what? You know, who? That, that yeah. could happen. Hit who us knows? up. <laughs> hit us up, you know. Miller, let's, let's uh, talk. Miller family and Alex Taylor. Put that together and hit us up. Wouldn't that be spectacular? It really would be spectacular. Um, let's actually see if we can make that happen. Everybody start tagging uh, Patrick Miller, Jeff Miller, the family here, and Alex, and let's let's make that happen because that would be you know, she got nominated for influencer influencer of the year by SEMA. Um, she's she on our list waves out here, man. She was on our list as well. She's a difference yeah, maker in the sport. Hey, I think that influencer is no longer a bad word. When we oh, first debuted our deal, it was, oh, I don't know about being called an influencer. But now SEMA's done it with a cool little trophy of a with a phone yeah. deal. Did you see that? Yeah, it was um, sick. So now it's official. It's okay to be called an influencer. Yeah, we need to. I think I think it's a flattering term. I really do. I I use it endearingly. Like I think it's a positive, flattering thing. And she would be a definite me- needle mover for us. I see Travis Fiz- Frisbee in the comments on Facebook. Any info on Drag Illustrated After Hours Party? Yeah, man. Drag Illustrated After Hours, powered by VP Racing Fuels, going down Thursday, December eighth, two thousand twenty-two, at. Envy Nightclub on Meridian Street in downtown Indianapolis. We will have early access passes available at the Drag Illustrated booth at the PRI show. They are first come, first serve. You'll be able to get into the party an hour earlier if you're interested in which a VIP be, it table. Could be a bad thing, which could be a bad thing. Your yeah. drinking habits. Um, but if you uh, are interested in a VIP table, reach out to the Drag Illustrated team. You can uh, hit up JT at DragIllustrated.com. Send us a message on Facebook, um, Instagram. However, uh, you, you you interface with the internet. But uh, yeah, we've got a handful of VIP tables. It's almost sold out. We haven't even released it yet, and it's it's sold out. We I can't just release it. It just right you know, first first uh, ride refusal. To Are you stoked Saturday about having time. VP involved with the party? I, I think that I they're going to be a great dance partner. I really am because if you think about it, we talk about this a lot. Uh, one of our first times hanging out together at the VP party, and you had to be somebody to get in there. I don't know. We pulled pulled some strings, or maybe we just I stuck didn't get in, in there one year. Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember. Um, but at, at Howl at the Moon in Orlando, so it kind of it's cool that that's sort of the genesis of. Of, of our party and the reason why we wanted to have something similar. And now it's come full circle and we've got VP racing fuels involved and great company, awesome promoters uh, involved in all forms of racing. I mean, dude, my son was playing uh, the crew too on PlayStation. That's his favorite racing game. I don't know if you've played this and he's, he's building a car and one of the skins you can throw on there is just like a set of decals. What's one of the decals VP racing fuels. And I mean, they're everywhere. They really are always have been. So this is a great uh, partnership and uh, definitely looking forward to kicking off this first year with VP. I'm excited about it. For those that don't know, that is the origin story of the drag illustrated party because it was, I think, the year before you and I went and tied one on uh, at the party in Orlando. I remember walking up. If you remember the Orlando PRI party that VP Race Fuels put on at Howl at the Moon, you had to have one of those wristbands from mm-hmm. Tysinger Promotions. You had, it was like a light blue kind of aquamarine wristband you had to have, and you had to know someone to get one. 
and I didn't get one. I can't remember what year it was. It was pre-Dragula, right around the time we started Drag Illustrated, maybe 2005. And yeah, because you came with me in 06. So 05, I'm literally trying to pay the bouncer at the front door, the doorman at Howl at the Moon to get into this party, and they won't let me in. And I was so... I mean, the same reason I probably shouldn't be racing anybody because I'd be still pissed at that door guy. Um, but I literally, I was so mad. I remember walking away and telling my then girlfriend, now wife, Alicia, I looked at her and I said, I mark my words, I will throw a party at PRI at some point in the future. And that mother is not getting in <laughs> fact, you know, and it's so funny because what, 20 years later, almost VP oh, racing. Man, fuels is the, I know they, I aged. Let's really go with right 15. There. Let's go 15, 15 years ago, instead. 15 years ago. And a little shout over. out to uh, Wendy Tysinger. I actually saw her uh, at Z max a few weeks. Well, it's been a couple months now. It feels like a few weeks. Uh, she was out there. So, uh, still in it, man. Huge business that's continued to grow. But yeah, she was the gatekeeper for the party, and you you really had to had to work that angle hard. <laughs> oh, dude, it was a it was a deal, and it's I'm proud of the fact that the Drag Illustrated party has gotten to that point in a quick, fast, and in a hurry. Right? I mean, it's we are so lucky to be dealing with this new venue. For those that weren't at the party yep. last year, we've got a brand new club, and this place is killer. Badass. It is badass. Oh my goodness, it's like some shit straight out of like a CSI Las Vegas. I mean, it's like a legit big city nightclub. We have a great time. Anybody who's anybody in the drag racing scene is there. And we hope all of you join us. Um, we are Travis Frisbee uh, actually wanted is asking how do the, how do you go about getting the tickets? Even if you've got the VIP badge, you will be able to log on to dragillustrated.com in the coming days. We're going to put out a press release, I think later this afternoon or maybe first thing tomorrow, announcing our partnership with VP racing. Nate's Fuels. waiting on me to do a graphic. Yeah. Nate's waiting on a graphic. <laughs> hold yeah. Yeah, and we will as soon as we get that graphic out, we'll put it in circulation and you'll be able to seek out tickets. But it's going to be it'll sell out. It sold out last year and it'll sell out again this year. It's exciting. Yeah. I see one here, Mike Salinas. That that's a very exciting one. Put Cletus in a seat. I, I mean, we might as well acknowledge that we're working on some things like that. Uh, that's a good idea. Um, there's a handful of them, man, because there's some people. I mean, even in the NHRA, there's some guys and gals that I would love to see involved in this deal. And maybe they don't make a full poll. You know, they're not running every NHRA Pro Mod race. They're not running every PDRA national event. But it would be fantastic to see a handful of these people show up and, and be a part of this deal once a year. And who knows what the future holds for for the World Series of Pro Mod. I think it's um, – I think – Ryan McCain says he's on, but he is not in here. I'm going to, uh, let's see. Ryan must be in the wrong spot. Hold on. Or let's see if we can't round him up. Uh, I saw a comment earlier. We were talking about female pro mod racers. Uh, another one uh, is Melanie Troxel. Um, what's she do? I mean, I think she's pretty much out of the sport completely. Right. And has been for a while, but at one point, obviously with the R2B2 deal, um, she was right there in the mix. Yeah, I haven't seen the last I knew uh, Melanie Troxel was living in like Denver or somewhere in Colorado. Uh, and far as I know, yeah, she's completely removed from the, the drag racing space, which is kind of crazy because what a celebrated career she had. Right. And really became a face in the scene. Um, kind of surprising. Speaking of, and this is a great uh, comment here, John Neal, the import versus domestic race last weekend at Maryland International Raceway. While we get uh, Ryan McCain in here, how about that deal, right? Holy moly. 
Oh man. I mean, it's, uh, it's, I've always known that's a big deal, even though it's kind of outside of our normal focus, it seems to be growing, but I see here in the North Carolina area, people wearing world cup finals, t-shirts all over the place. So that, that always to me is an indicator of how big or widespread or how influential an event is. And uh, yeah, it just continues to grow and really it's it's one of the last quarter mile independent races out there, and I think that's become part of its draw. I think it is part of its draw. Like, as seemingly polarizing as the eighth versus quarter mile deal is, I think everybody, the fans, racers, everybody are excited. Everybody's excited about this once a year opportunity at the end of the season. Things are kind of winding down to go let it all hang out on the outlaw quarter mile. So no incredible event. We had some scary moments there, uh, but that crowd, I mean, my huge, my takeaway from the event was just that level of fanfare. I mean, if you're in the race promotion business at all, and you're not paying attention to that and recognizing what is possible, right? I mean, it is extremely, extremely exciting to think about how many bad to the bone race cars were there, but all the fans that followed it, no nitro methane, no big jet car show or monster trucks, door cars racing heads up drew a crowd, a sellout crowd to Maryland international Raceway. So and huge rave congratulations. Reviews. Rave I've never, reviews. I've never yeah. read so many comments from racers on Facebook saying race of the year, favorite race, awesome time. I mean, that'll change once we have world series of pro mod, that'll be their favorite race, but this, this can be second world cup can be second. Don't you agree? Yeah, I can. I completely agree. Absolutely, <laughs> man. Well, so, Hey, without any further ado, he's in the green room right now, a member of the drag illustrated 30 under 30 alumni, the one, the only tuner of the hour, somebody I saw mentioned more on social media in the last seven to 10 days than anybody in the history of the world. Ryan McCain. What's going on? Ryan? What's up, big dog? What's going on? Can you yeah, just talking to yeah, you? Man, yeah, we got can, you. Hear you. Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear y'all. All right, man. Well, hey, man, take us through. Can you introduce us and to 4840 Racing, like kind of maybe the timeline here and how hot this has gotten? I, mean, I, I don't know if you heard us at the beginning of the show, Ryan, but I don't know that I've ever seen a race get the kind of universal praise that we saw regarding Mike the Hitman Hills year-end finale down at South Georgia Motorsports Park, Ozzy Moya's eighth-mile track down there in South Georgia. I mean, what did you, what do you make of the scene? Do you think that we're – I mean, is this just the start? I mean, kind of give us your thoughts on this whole part of the drag racing community. Uh, 4A4 racing is pretty popular, like real popular. Uh, Mike Hill has been doing a real good job of, you know, adapting it throughout the years uh it's actually about a good strong 16 20 cars out there that's real fast in it but uh so every year and at the beginning of november it's this year in finale called you know that's what it's just called mike hill year in finale and uh it's a stop board space in 484 class and you got cars like Uncle Sam, hers new car, Jeffrey Barker's uh, baby daddy car, uh, sweetness. I mean, it's just a it's a list of cars, but the popularity. I mean, the popularity of the class is so, you know, up there because I think of the parody of it or the the rules of it. Uh, Eleven seven deck height plus a minus two wheelbase. Um, 
stock up here, you know, bodies don't have weight because it's no time. But, you know, at this last race, I'm probably, we're probably going to start seeing a whole lot of cars next year jump into the class because of how popular it is. And uh, I think it's just going to be Mike Hill's job of keeping the cap on the rule package. So, you know, you don't have, I mean, I hate to even say it like this, but you don't have two hundred, $300,000 engines, which that's probably impossible to do, but you don't have two hundred to $300,000 engines inside of the class. Uh, but that's probably going to happen. You know, isn't that like the curse of heads up drag racing to that is kind of, yeah. I mean, it's, it's so tough because how do you make it to where money doesn't ultimately decide what what happens out there and it's a challenge and i i give a lot of kudos to any of these cats that are willing to fight the good fight that is setting the rules for this stuff because there was a little bit of drama down in georgia right over deck height and there's some all this but getting policing that is a job in and of itself right and but having all these guys where it doesn't get completely out of hand, do you think right now you mentioned 16 so odd, uh, some odd cars that are front runners are those cars that have older pro mod engines in them, or are they guys that have went out and hired, you know, built a latest greatest stock bore space engine? Oh, uh, I would probably say half of the field had latest and greatest stock bore space engines, but the other half of it most likely had older motors, you know, aluminum blocks and stuff like that. I had a car out there had aluminum block, you know, anywhere from 10, 7, 11, 1 deck height. Uh, but the latest and greatest is either a CNN block uh, or energy block and 11.7. And, you know, it's just going to keep, to me, it's going to keep elevating. So how many cars were you working on this past weekend? Oh, I have five. Five race cars. So we were just talking with Melanie Salemi, who's going to compete in our uh, fast approaching Drag Illustrated World Series of Pro Mod. Her husband's a crew chief, works on a bunch of different cars. How do you handle that? I mean, being a young guy, and I know you've been around this deal for a long time, but I know what it's like to be a a young dude in this space out here trying to earn people's respect and command people's respect. Is it hard for you to spread your energy across that many different cars, especially in an environment like you see at Mike the Hitman Hills races? I mean, it's a high energy deal. A lot of people, you know, uh, up on the tire, revved up. You know, is it hard <laughs> to, to navigate that? Uh, it's, it's pretty difficult. Uh, I recently, I have bought a smaller camper. I call it my mobile operation center. <laughs> and <laughs> now, now I got a, a pretty big one, but I got my older brother, DJ McCain, and then a guy named Marquise Hatton, which he's an alumni. Uh, when oh I can't, when I can't tackle a car, I got to get help from him. Cause at that race, I mean, you can ask my girlfriend. And so, man, I'm like, I'm here, I'm there. I'm running here. I'm on the scooter. I mean, it's just, it's hectic, but it's been, to me, it's been a hard year balancing out my current customers and added customers because at the beginning of the year if you haven't seen uh pat moosey asked me to tune lizzie's car i didn't really have a choice but to say yes i mean it's pat moosey at the end of the day so 
I got into the no prep scene and then I got three radio cars that I'm always at duck race with. So uh, we recently had the world record with the black plate car, the LDR car. Then I got a, we had a personal Bowser car, which is sold. I got a brand new car coming out in December that we run X275 with. Then we got Nemesis that Jason Hick was on. And man, I got so many cars. It's just like, it's overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I literally was like watching videos and whatnot, and I'm going, holy crap, Ryan's got his hands in a lot of different stuff right now. And I saw you down in Dallas at the No Prep Kings event. What do you make of that scene? I mean, it feels to me like they're, they've really done a good job of harnessing some of that outlaw, no time grudge racing scene and bringing it to like an organized big crowd type of event. I mean, what, what's your take on No Prep racing? I mean, especially like if you compare and contrast it to the super glued, you know, crazy levels of prep that you see down at Ducks races? Uh, the no prep scene to me is very interesting. Uh, I'm not a fan too much of the, of the traveling and the schedule because, <laughs> I mean, you might start in Florida, then you might go to California, you might go to Colorado. It's just all over the place. But they did a real good job. Uh, I guess it's Sam or whoever else is over that whole deal. They did a real good job of – you know, bringing together all the street guys with some guys like, you know, Little Country, Pat Moosey, uh, Ryan Martin, and mixed everybody up. And somehow it's very competitive out there. Uh, at, at the end of the day, it's a TV show to begin with, but it is very, 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 very competitive. And to me, I think that series isn't going anywhere anytime soon. I think you got at least another four to 10 years, you know, with that, with that, because of the fan base. Like I told my parents when I got them to the Rockingham race, I said, y'all will probably never ever see a crowd base like this. Like Lizzie's line is like a S curl snake. Just it's so many fans. It's just ridiculous. And that's what, that's what they did a good job of. Everybody needs a character, just like a video game. Everybody needs a character. Uh, Lizzie Moosey is a character. Kyle Keller is a character. Little Country is a character. Uh, Ryan Martin. Those fans got a character to leech on to, and they just love their fan base, you know. No, it's dude it, it it you're exactly right there's uh no doubt there's some characters that have emerged on that scene and i hope the what street outlaws no prep kings has done for our sport i i don't know that it can be overstated i mean they've added some mainstream popularity to what we do and i think that it is a overall a good thing but there are lessons to learn is that those people you know, they engage the fans, they put that time in, they stand out there, they take pictures, they do all the autograph signing, they do all the things that are required to develop a fan base. And that stuff, it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, obviously the TV yeah. helps, but they've put in the time, man. And I mean, Mike and I were in the pits with Pat and Lizzie in Dallas. And I was telling Mike, like, this is crazy. There are literally people just lined up <laughs> taking pictures. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It literally feels like the paparazzi's out there and it's exciting to see it be drag racers that they're taking a picture of. Speaking of celebrities, my all-time drag racing hero, I saw photographed hanging out with you. How the hell did you get Shannon the Iceman Jenkins down to Valdosta? How did that whole situation come to be? Oh, uh, I believe that was... So Mario Johnson, he's probably in here. 
So the orange car that you posted up, that's Herb the Ruler. Herb the Ruler and Mario been racing together probably since I was a baby. Uh, I'm only 26 years old now, but I showed up to the track and Mario always seems to bring a surprise. Uh, Shannon Jenkins is over there and he walks over to me. He like, man, let me put it to the side. And I didn't know whether it was going to be good or bad. So he like, man, listen, you've been doing a real good job. I had no clue he had been keeping up with my with all my racing. So we had changed we exchanged numbers and I asked him, you know, what was his role out here because my good friend Ziff Hudson tunes Mario's car. So when you come for fifty thousand dollars, that just lets you know like the kind of cars and the kind of people that might kill streamline to this race. Mario brought everybody that he needed to win. Ziff <laughs> Hudson and Shannon Jenkins. And it's just, you know, it was just me by myself pretty much. That's how it always is. And then, you know, Ryan Grisby, he got a he got a list of cars, uh, Salty B, all those cars. And then Stevie Jackson was actually out there also tuning on Jeffrey Barker's car. Uh so when you go against baby daddy. Oh no, we lost him. Mike, we lost him. Oh, oh no, he's back. Go. No, he back. Oh, uh, yeah. I got a, I, I was getting a phone call. Oh, yeah. So, that's another tuning customer. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody wants you. Hey, we've got to – maybe we'll go to this layout here. we got to see – Hold on, on one the second. Sleeve, Let me get this fixed. On the sleeve of your shirt, man, we've got uh, – oh. got the 30 under 30 logo. Yeah, Just, so this guy. This guy does uh, more promotion, I think, for thirty under thirty, maybe than we do. And since <laughs> since day one, since we put him in here, I think we've lost him again. Oh no, his phone's ringing. Yeah. <laughs> no, dude. I think it's cool to see. Like, it speaks to the level of competition that exists at these shootouts. People don't give it the credit it deserves. I mean, the fact that Stevie Jackson is there. I mean, he's got to be one of the most sought after tuners in the game right now right i mean he he's a, a a big big deal you got him shannon jenkins i mean all these guys ziff hudson i mean all these people that come down ryan grigsby to come down to be a part of this deal and that's what happens when there's that kind of money on the line i'm i think that whenever the engines it's going to get out of control and it sounds like it's already out of control yeah but it really is pretty but he laid out he laid out some of the rules that they have to try to curtail under control and i thought it was interesting that where he said that half the field was new stuff and half the field was old stuff so uh that's pretty good i was afraid he was gonna say oh no man there's no old motors out there everything's all billet and crazy but at least we're not there yet it looks like we got ryan back all right ryan's back back yeah sorry no you're good buddy (laughs) we were were bragging on you man as a 30 under 30 alumni i think all your shirts your jackets they all have the 30 under 30 logo on it and yeah, we, we love to see that stuff, man. We love to see it. There it is. Yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> I represent it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, before I had a phone call, I was saying, you know, when when you got a $50,000 race like this, uh, you're going to get a whole lot of big name people. So, you know, Phil Schuler is out there. You know, he's he's a top few guy. Uh, Phil Schuler's in the mix, Stevie Jackson, and a bunch of other guys. And I think when you got somebody like Shannon Jenkins, uh, 
you know, out there, it's going to be a whole lot of more, I think, class racing guys that shows up the you know, those, those style events. Cause I, mainly I, I get a kick out of it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause mainly, uh, I mean, with the no prep schedule and the radio stuff, I can't really go to all the no time events like I used to, but anytime it's bit money, 50,000, 90,000, a hundred thousand, you, I'm going to be there. Cause, uh, end of the day, you know, that's, I race to be competitive. I just don't race just to show up. What is, so how do they handle the, so take us through, there was two races going on this past weekend. There was a 28, 10, 5, 275, like shootout race, but there was yeah. also the 50,000 to win race. So how do they handle the race format? For those that don't know, you know, can you take us through like how that whole deal works? Like, does everybody buy in and then we draw a name from the hat, names out of a hat or how does the, the race itself play out, Ryan? Oh, uh, Mike Kill actually, he came up with a Facebook post or a Facebook group chat or something like that. Yeah. And he just started telling people, hey, you know, this certain day, I guess it was two months ago, he said, I'm going to have this $50,000 race. I want 16 cars. It was a Monday or a Friday, one of the two that the buy-in opens uh i think the buy-in was 2500 or 1500 or something like that and i when i tell you west the the list filled up probably within five minutes of 16 cars so that's how the invitational 16 cars came about now this the 28 275 that's just like you show up to the track you get your tech card at the gate and then you race but as far as the fifty thousand. Mike Kill, Willie Jr., Willie Dog, uh, they handle all of the buy-ins for that race, and then everybody's names gets gets put on a uh, chip or a list, and then every round they just draw out of a hat. So, I was wondering how they did it because it, it, it seeing it was following along online. I'm going, all right, I gotta like try to keep all these guys straight. And I don't know who's driving this car. I know all the cars' <laughs> nicknames, but I, you, you don't know who's driving what. I think it's cool that we had Jeffrey Barker down there. That you have guys like Travis Harvey. I mean, there's some really big name drivers in that scene. Okay. Is it almost everybody's a higher gun driver? Does I mean, are how many cars are driven by the guys that own them? Oh, so the car I was tuning, well. Pretty much, well, the two cars I was tuning, uh, Holy Ghost was driven by my brother, DJ McCain. So that was a hot gun situation. Uh, Herb, the ruler, actually drove his own car. He did real good. Uh, I don't know. I guess Jeffrey, David Floyd, maybe they own, maybe they both own Baby Daddy. So that might be the same situation. Uh, Rodney Rickard drives the lockdown car. Uh, he's the owner. And let me guess, Telly, he's a hired gun for sweetness for Mike Hill to that deal. Marcus Burt is a hired gun for Uncle Sam that's owned by someone else. Uh, it's, it was quite a few hired guns out there. Well, it's kind of funny because Mike, uh, I'm going to bring Mike back on here. Mike, don't you think that's kind of interesting? Because that's one of the things that we kind of sometimes complain about in the NHRA world is there aren't that many hired guns yeah, because it's, away. 
it's gone away, right? And it's like the best drivers don't necessarily drive the best cars because they maybe don't have the big sponsor or the millions of dollars it requires to. And I think that that's one of the things that are particularly particularly interesting about the no time scene and these shootouts to me, Mike, and I don't know if you feel the same way, but they, they want someone in the car that's going to win. Right, they don't care so much on the line for one run, one pass, and you know it's got to be a good driver. And I think it's also obviously much more. um, The the stakes are high as far as what you win, but the cost of doing it, the cost to uh, to enter a race like this or to have the proper equipment, like we've talked about, the limiting factor is way different than what it takes to run an entire season in NHRA top fuel. So I think that's why you see more of this stuff, and there's just a lot more badass drivers. I mean talking about Travis Harvey in the comments, um, a lot of badass drivers in that scene. So uh, there's a, a big pool to pick from, in my opinion, that have cut their teeth on Outlaw 8th Mile um, here in the southeast that are, are ripe to jump in one of these cars. Who drives the, the reddish-orange third gen with the white stripes that Mike Hills always works on? Uh, is that you talking about sweetness, the IROC? Yeah, the IROC, third gen Camaro. Yeah. That's a Telly, good looking son of a bitch. Telly Crawford, something like I, I okay. Telly, if I yeah. messed up your last name, my bad. Uh, no, no, no. But I just, I, Telly. it was, it's a good looking car. Whenever I think it was for sale at one point, and I'm like, oh man, that thing is good looking. I Ryan, like we need car. a spreadsheet of all the car <laughs> names, the, what, the, what paint job they have, uh, who's, uh, who owns it, who's driving it. <laughs> no, I was just glad it's, that, it's a challenge. It's, it's actually oh, it's a challenge hard. for us to try to cover. Uh, because of the nature, the kind of underground nature of that scene, all the information is not just readily available <laughs> like it is for a lot of these other classes. So we were scrambling, trying to figure things out and make some accurate posts about it. It's hard. Uh, to me, you know, it's so many names with the cars because, you know, I feel like it's like the characters are no pro. Uh, I always had a name, which we always use like the Mario series. Mario, Mario 2.0, Super Mario, Bowser. And the name is what the No Time fans can attach to. So, you know, that's why, like, Traynum came up with Sweetness. Then you got Uncle Sam. Well, actually, with the Uncle Sam car with the shirts, it's actually, like, the Uncle Sam tax guy. So it's good. To me, it's good to have a name with the car instead of just a driver name. I agree. Cause I mean, I can go either way. Like I, I like Travis Harvey, the Carolina kid, you know what I mean? I like things like that, but, but you're right. When the car's got a name too, that's like the ultimate. That's, that's the, that's the sweet spot. Car's got a nickname. Driver's got a nickname. This we're we're headed in the right direction. That's a throwback too. And it's another thing that we've lost. And yeah, PDRA even a couple years ago mandated you had to name your car and put a decal on it, <laughs> which I thought it, I thought was a great idea. Back in the I early agree. days of Pro Mod, it was you know the wild paint jobs and the names and world's fastest this, world's fastest that. So having something like you said, Ryan, for for the fans and for everyone to latch on to, it, it does nothing but help when it comes to promoting. And which you can see, I don't know if y'all follow my old. Uh, practice tree shootout at PRI that goes on Friday. Have y'all seen that? Oh, yeah. I've seen you talk posting about it, yeah. Okay, well, you see I put a nickname beside everybody. Uh, I actually got – I got Frankie Taylor in there. I got Stevie Jackson. I got uh, Lyle Barnett. I got all those guys in there. But, you know, 
when my guy Straight Line Media Cal goes to film this, you know, everybody in this huge crowd at PRI and the Notches Outlet booth is going to identify, like, let's say for some weird reason, somebody don't know Frankie Taylor. Well, I put like 349 Frankie. They might go to YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> they might go to YouTube and say, oh, that's the guy that went 349. So, you know, that's kind of why I did. Yeah. No, I like it, man. I I like it a lot. Who do you have? Where, so you're doing the the practice tree shootout on Friday at the Nitrous Outlet booth. Yes, sir. Okay, fantastic. What time of day is it? Uh, three thirty. We chip draw. Uh, y'all missed the last one from last year, man. It was exciting. I got a YouTube link. I can, can check uh, post out. up. We'll be yeah, there. It's pretty. It's pretty exciting. Uh, chip draw three thirty. We got Bear Green, Big Cat Mafia. He's gonna be announcing, and then uh, I like to do a introduction. You know, I don't know, can I cuss on here? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's an introduction shit talk that I do, and I let Bear Green handle the rest of it. But I'm gonna introduce everybody. Like I, I pick on my buddy Marquise Hatton. His name is I put Glizzy Gobbler, <laughs> and then uh. You know, I get to call out. I call out Stevie because I, I always like going back and forth. I I grew up watching Stevie race, and I always – I can't race him in the NHRA because I'm not in there yet. But in events like this, if I get to draw Stevie, you get to see a lot of shit talking and gambling. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be there with bells on, buddy. Yeah, I can't man. wait, man. We need to, we need to promote that as best we can. Um, well, hey, dude, thank you so much for the time. We're surely happy to see all the success you're having, how busy you are. It's a fantastic thing. One of the things that we see here at Drag Illustrated a ton is that perhaps the biggest need that exists in our sport is good crew guys, guys that are hands-on, that are willing to work hard and to see you having the success that you have. It's a big deal for our sport. Um, do you got any advice for the young guys out there You know that are trying to do what you're doing? I mean, is it just being willing, being willing to do the work, put in the time? I mean, what do you got for these guys? Oh, for the people that's my age, I try my best to get them out here in the racing world. But, man, it's just like nobody has to drive to do it. So it's always me competing against these older guys, not to sound bad. but No, it's true. We just, yeah. we just can't get enough. Uh, like I just started talking to uh, – Evan Salimi? Is yeah, that yeah, name? yeah. Great Okay. Um, you know, I feel like we just need a lot of more guys like that. And then, you know, we can have our own little competition on certain cars. But my generation just do not – they don't got the – they don't got the drive to do it. It's tough, man. It. It's like it's the hardest hobby. It's, you know, <laughs> it Tom is. Bailey and those shirts that he does for Sick Week and dra all these drag and drive events – like it's the hardest weekend off you'll ever have going drag racing. Like, oh, we're taking three days off of work to go drag racing and we're going to work 10 times harder over the course <laughs> of the next three days than we have at the last three months at our actual job. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah, uh, it's not for the faint of heart, man. Well, congrats on all your success, Ryan. We appreciate you taking some time on a Wednesday afternoon to talk shop with us and we'll see you at the PRI show. For those that don't know, Follow along with Ryan and his brother DJ on social media. They're very active. Ryan's a, a great ambassador for our sport, and we're looking forward to the practice tree shootout Friday afternoon, buddy. See you all there. Thanks, buddy. Talk soon. Appreciate it.
All right, Michael, we are down here to the to the end of the day. What a deal, man. Great show. Good time. Yeah, absolutely. I love talking man. about drag racing. The only, yeah, the only thing we didn't cover, we got NHRA this weekend. Final event oh. of the season, Pomona. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, <laughs> we forgot about that. No, I did forget about it. We'll, we'll talk more about it next week, and we're going to try to have all the champions on, next on the show. show. Here. Uh, Erica's um, the only one that's locked it up uh, so far. All the uh, the rest of the uh, the classes the championship still hangs in the balance. Uh, so we'll see what happens this weekend, man. I'm looking, forward I'm excited, to it. man. I really am. I actually, I was talking to who was I talked to uh, Richard Freeman called me. He goes, Hey man, you going to Pomona? And I said, nah, I'm not going to make it. Are you going to go? <laughs> He's like, well, why? And I said, well, you guys got the championship locked up. I thought maybe you'd stay home, you know? Um, no, it's, it's, uh, it, it's exciting, man. I don't, I can't remember. We've said this a lot here in 2022, but I can't remember a, a season that has had this kind of, of excitement and enthusiasm. And it really just, there's so many good cars. It could go any sort of, any sort of way this weekend. It was cool reading through some comments on social. We posted a story on dragillustrated.com about Steve Torrance, like kind of being counted out mm -hmm. and it would take a really, really unusual set of circumstances for him to get the job done this weekend. But it, the, the door, it, the opportunity is there and in drag racing, I mean, it's why we race them. Yep. Right. Because you just never know what's going to happen. I mean, we saw Justin. I don't think anybody would have picked Justin Ashley to go out in round one in Las Vegas and Clay Milliken puts him on the trailer. So who knows what's going to happen? A couple of early round exits could really change everything, but um, it will be very difficult to derail the the freight train that is Brittany Force, David Grubnick and Max Savage. I think that they've got a a, a real shot at keeping keeping that number one in front of their name as the season comes to a close. Funny car is going to be a barn burner and you do kind of wonder what's going to happen. Will the elite cars finish one, two and three? I mean, that'd be a, a significant accomplishment. I don't know. Yeah. They've still got a lot to race for in the they do. camp. So, and Erica wants another win. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. And that would be, I mean, she's already what tied her career high yeah. for wins. Um, and she will match Angel Sampay. I think would, she would match I Angel so. Sampay. I think she's won a win in Pomona. So man, there's a lot of storylines. The drag strip sponsored by in and out now. That's so awesome. like now I've got to go to Pomona twice a year, no matter what, because they're probably <laughs> going to have burgers there. Right. Yeah, man. You would think. Hey, whatever you got to do to get some in and out whatever you got it. That's probably the best part of living in Texas. I was, I came down to Texas to the MPK deal and on the way from the airport, uh, Parker, the guy that I was uh, riding with, I was like, dude, let's stop and get something to eat. He wanted to go to Whataburger. Oh. I said, no, nah, dude, we got to go to in and out. And <laughs> turns out he's, he's from Phoenix. And he, he says, man, I eat, I eat at in and out like three times a week. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, no joke. But I told him, we have to because they support drag racing. This was even before the announcement of the of the track sponsorship and the the world finals sponsorship. Say no more. But I said we got it. Got a drag racing supports drag racing, man. So we got to eat these In and Out burgers. <laughs> it's a fact, man. I mean, to jet, to Dr. Jamie Myers' point at the beginning of the show, this is a a group of people that will crawl across broken glass to support a brother or sister in arms. I mean, and you're telling a. Uh, Telling your 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 buddy there, we got to drive, go to go to In and Out, man. They support yeah, drag racing, exactly. Oh, what a deal, dude. Well, hey, man, thanks for the time. I appreciate it, Mike, um, and all of you guys watching along. Thank you guys all so much for being a part of this each and every Wednesday. Remember the Drag Illustrated World Series of Pro Mod coming up March third, fourth, and fifth, two thousand twenty-three. The biggest, richest Pro Mod drag race in the history of the known universe at Bradenton Motorsports Park. Log on to WorldSeriesOfProMod.com for more information. We got another driver announcement dropping in about 35 minutes he'll be i think what 
eight, nine, ten, somewhere around that of drivers that we've actually announced. We got another ten or so to go. Um, lots of big news coming in the in the days and weeks to follow. Man, it's an exciting time to be alive, brother. Yeah, man. All right, let's get on with it, buddy. We'll see you guys next Wednesday, two p.m. Central Standard Time. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody. Bow, bow.